welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 131. Woo, 131 episodes. Tonight, we are going to be revisiting our youth and reminiscing about songs primarily from the 80s, and I think a few bleed into the 90s. We're also going to take a peek at the last two released Smashing Pumpkin songs from their uh, soon-to-be rock opera called Autumn. And uh, finally, we're going to dig into issue number 21 from Sandman as Metalhead Monday and I continue our trek down the entire Sandman series. Tonight's episode is brought to you by 4411 Creative Agency. The good folks at 4411 provide custom marketing and flawless execution. Creative is their middle name. Head over to 4411creative.com to find out more. Joining me tonight, of course, is none other than Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, it's boy band time, it's Metalhead Monday. There he is. Hello, hello. The handsome dog that he is, Metalhead Monday. Well, he's a dog anyway, right? Sometimes. <laughs> and you know who's joining us tonight, Mr. Monday? Uh, I've heard a couple rumors, but I'm not sure. We'll have to substantiate one of them maybe the fans demanded it they said we need more tea bags and i said hey i can only do so much but tonight he has returned it is tea bags swinging deep into the valleys of liptonia able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat that's nasty receiving only the finest education from his instructor earl gray it's it's tea bags too hot for TV. <laughs> I forgot to change the spelling. Oh, that's, that's all good. <laughs> it's good to be back on. I'm going to be muting often because I'm in a different house right now with a barking dog. So, but it's good <laughs> to see you both. How's Earl, by the way? Oh, he's uh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you've been training with him, so I, you know. Seen how he was, the old boy. Yeah, that opening teabag shot looked a little fuzzy at the bottom. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> my drums are over there. God, I gotta get a rim shot. I gotta move them closer. Maybe I'll just start yeah. sitting behind them. <laughs> Pretty bad jokes. Dang it. <laughs> well, it is uh, great to have you back, Tony. I see you back. Yes. Anybody uh, got anything exciting to talk about before we dig into all of our goodness tonight? Uh, I had one thing. It's not really exciting. Kind of sad. But... Oh, it is sad. Go for it. Uh, just wanted to take a second. We're all big nerds, so I uh, just want to take a second to acknowledge the passing of Kevin Conroy, who is probably most famous to everyone as the voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series starting in 1992. And, I mean, he's been consistently voicing that character through... I mean, like something like 14 different shows, I, uh, multiple video games, movies. I think he even played a live action Bruce Wayne in one episode of a show. So he he has pretty much been Batman since 1992. So, yeah, uh, he was by all accounts, he was a really great guy. I've never heard anyone speak ill of him. So I uh, just, you know, big loss for the the geek community and uh, 
appreciate his talent and just wanted to mention his passing. Yeah, his voice was amazing. Oh, man. And then uh, there were some nice tributes from Mark Hamill, who worked with him, obviously, as the Joker. Um, yeah. Sounds like they were very close as well. And Mark Hamill, as we know, is a great guy as well. So, Yeah, I definitely hear his voice every time I read a comic with Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's sad, too, though. That's really like the third because we lost Carlos Pacheco this week and Kevin O'Neill last week or at the beginning of the week. So three comic greats um, down this week. Yeah. So everybody else should be safe because it comes in three. So everybody else breathe a sigh of relief. We should all be good now. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, all right. We got business to do. We are a music program after all. And so we are hitting the next entry into Autumn from Smashing Pumpkins. And this time we have, because we had a special guest last week, we did not do the entry from last week. So we have the two. We have uh, Where Rain Must Fall and uh, Beyond the Veil. Uh, Veil spelled B-A-L-E apparently after a uh, person that he knows and has had a relationship for a long time. So um, T-Bags, I know you haven't been on this one much but um have you followed along with much of the story for this so far uh unfortunately i haven't yet i just um have hoping to kind of like do almost like a binge type uh effort here and catch back up but yeah you, you had about seven songs and a lot of story the story is a bit wonky um monday and i are not <laughs> terribly in love with it but um it's the progression of a character that started on melancholy zero then the character became Glass, who has now become Shiny. And he is off in space on a spaceship floating off towards the sun. He has put in the code and he is basically committing suicide. And somebody who loves him from Earth, June, the character we've known from many albums before, is off in space trying to get to him. But she's also communicating with some uh, people who operate on the dark web Um their dark web. What was that called, Monday? Crystal web. The crystal web. And so this guy has been erased. You can't find a trace of him anywhere. They've erased him from computers, whatever. He has no existence anymore. But she found some people who were touched by him and like him on Earth. I know. And so <laughs> June has sent down some messages and a code for them to then go use these coordinates to go find something. So the first song this week is Where Rain Must Fall. This one is sung by June in space. And um, this, according to Billy, is the Hollywood musical moment so far on the record about her fantasizing about her life with Shiny. And um, she's going to take the Starway and float to Shiny. He made up Starway. So, Monday, what did you think of the song? Uh, well, you know, you said it's sung by, what was the character? Was it June? June, yes. On her yeah. way to Shiny. Fantasizing about Shiny. Yeah, well, I wish it was sung by June. Uh, it would have made it better. Um, <laughs> not that Billy's voice is bad. That's not my criticism. My criticism is that with this song, I, I really didn't get, like, a Smashing Pumpkins feel from this song at all. I like the music, I, I really do, but not so much as a pumpkin song. And I like 
the um, the female backing vocals. It's June. <laughs> if, if that character could have taken over, like and and been in the forefront, I think it would have served the song a lot better. But you know, instead we got what we got. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we are completely on point. I think when Billy, when his voice leads the song, it becomes a bit problematic. Uh, that was one of the problems I had on Ojilala um, and a little bit of, there were some songs on Sir and um, oh, Shiny No oh, So Bright. When he, when the music stripped away and he's supposed to carry it with his voice, it doesn't work as well. Yeah. And his voice is writing, you know, layered guitars and, and recently a lot more keyboard and some heavy stuff and, and Jimmy's drums. I think it works much better. Him yeah. leading with voice, I don't think is his strong suit, honestly. And um, it is a weird idea that the musical is June singing to someone, but it's Billy singing June singing to someone. So I wish, like you said, that June were singing the song. So what do you think, Tony? You ready to dig into that one? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but what? So how do you know that it's supposed to be June singing? Is there like, I know this comes from like he, he explains things on the podcast. Is that how yes? Yes. Yeah. He gives a, a like the first fifteen minutes of the podcast as he explains where the story's going, where it is, and what the song means, and then they play the song, and then they have a break or whatever, and the guest comes on, and then they talk about an older song. So, yeah, yeah. The, Not having heard it though, I do think that's odd that he would choose to sing. If yeah, well, access to somebody else. He's, he's not giving it up. Let's be honest. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good podcast. It's pretty you get a lot of information. So I dig it for that part. And then the next song, Beyond the Veil, I thought in my mind was a better song. And this one is where June has sent geo coordinates to uh, some kind of a treasure treasure chest here on Earth. And Osira and Nighthawk are two people from the Crystal Web um, are going to find it and it's leading them to a warehouse, but they are met there by the authorities called the X nine. And uh, they get into the building, they find the treasure chest and they barely escape with their lives. And this song is sung by the X nine. So this one is a different, it's like the opposing people's view. You wouldn't know from listening, um, but it is supposed to be from their perspective, their visor wearing goons. That's all we know so far. Kind of a futuristic bent, I think. So what do you yeah. think of this one, Monday? Uh, well, we have guitars, so that's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I like that. Uh, again, the music was fine. It's uh, kind of, I don't know, almost like a little bit of a snappy groove. Had some uh, some fun uh, disco sound effects going on almost with the keyboards, you know, pew, 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 and whatever, so... <laughs> How's, how's that uh, go again? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I need to repeat it. You heard me. It's, you know, the classic mm -hmm. pew-pew. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. I wasn't great, but the guitars were a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. I our, My notes were almost identical. Starts off with guitar. <laughs> That's what my first thing was. Um, it was more up-tempo. The last two songs were sung by June, and I feel like the album stepped back because there were a couple of really good songs on the beginning part of the album. And then the June songs for me really fell flat. And this one picks it back up more up tempo. It's got a nice uh, kind of an eighties feel to it, um, which I thought was cool. So beyond the veil, I'm going to give that one like a three and a half out of five, probably three, three and a half. So I have no idea where this is going. Honestly, huh. the story is so 
convoluted. Like I, I would like to see something of, with it outlined and like planned out. And I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like does Bill even know where it's going? Like, uh, it's yes. so insane. <laughs> well, it's done. All 33 songs are finished. And Tony, one thing he said we talked about last week is he said he's giving us the basics, like just the overview of this, but there are going to be hundreds of clues through the three that represent these concept records that if you're a really strong Pumpkins fan, you will get the clues. Which well, cool. all, all that means is I'm going to feel stupid when I don't get them. <laughs> no, but this is where I love having living in the day and age of the internet because you get this is going to spawn a bunch of you know forums and talks and blog posts and videos and things. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, and it would be cool too if like when it comes out that there are coordinates, like when when she leaves the coordinates, but there are actual coordinates where geocachers could go and find something. So they really connect this to actual events. Um, for the fans. I think that would be really awesome. That would be very cool. I'm sure Billy's listening. He's a big fan. Big fan <laughs> of the show. He's always calling me. Maybe we can influence the outcome to choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, now that would be cool. I would really get behind that. And then not only do we get to choose where the adventure goes, we get to choose which instruments are played on each song. <laughs> Guitar. Guitar. Real drums. Real drums. <laughs> So. Yeah, dude. I still like listen to this stuff. Like, man, I feel so bad for Jimmy. Like, I don't know what he's doing. I hope he's at least letting him maybe do some of the programming. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jimmy's he's and Billy are like best friends. Or I mean, they when they collaborate, it's a all in venture. So I don't I think so. there's any hurt feelings or anything on that. I think he's in it to win it. So, well, cool. I didn't. I haven't looked to see what the next one is, but. I think that was our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine. That's our ninth song. Well, it's so. our ninth podcast to be 10 songs because you released the Beguiled, right? And, yep, that's right. And that one's down the road. I think that's way later. So, so we've heard and, 10 songs now. How much, how is he doing this? In is it re being released all as one 33 song thing? Or is yes. he doing? Okay. So this lead up, there'll be one released every week. So 33 weeks later, which ends up in April, um, the whole thing lands. Um, gotcha. And you'll get them all as one thing. And like right now, they're not even going, like after he releases them, they still don't show up on Spotify or Apple. So you have to go to the podcast if you want to hear the songs, which is super brilliant <laughs> to drive people to your podcast. So next sure. week, guys, we are releasing a song. On this show that we're writing, and so people are going to flood over here to see that. I'm sure, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> going to have to get Paul back for that. Dang it, Paul. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that was fun, so we'll be back to do that again next week. But this week, we have bigger things to talk about. We have Life Moves Pretty Fast, the John Hughes mixtape which I was so close to buying the vinyls for this. This is $175, so that's why I did not. <laughs> but um, it's cool. I mean, even just to look at the packaging, it's really neat. Yeah, I love that. It's pretty great. I, you know, I doing a retrospective, I don't know if there's any kind of anniversary or anything that's kind of inspired this or why it's happening right now, but I'm, I'm here for it. Um, would we be at 40 now? Cause they, most of them came out in 83. I don't know. Maybe the first one he did, 
No, he did stuff in the 70s, I think, though. It's just he found his place later. So, yeah, I don't know why this would come out just now. Maybe somebody can tell us why. Because Christmas is next month. Yeah. <laughs> it's all um, about money. Sadly, you're probably not wrong. And the thing is, all we've heard every song. You can get these songs anywhere. It's just a repackaging and, and putting them together, mm-hmm. which you could do if you just made your own playlist. <laughs> you know what I mean? So somebody, I think on Spotify, they had, this is not on Spotify. So they, I found a playlist on there that has the same name and it is, I think they did this track for track, but Mm -hmm. there are some songs that aren't available on Spotify. So just a few, but interesting listen to it on there at all. That just means that the, yeah, they probably weren't allowed to be posted outside of the person's own album. I would, yeah, I would assume. So the movies we're talking about, <clears throat> now this isn't a full list. I mean, this is just a basic list. Vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, all of those. Beethoven, Some Kind of Wonderful. Um, there were others as well. Uh, do you guys remember any that are that you thought of beside these on there. Um, he did a bunch. I mean, he's got a lot more than this. That that's a pretty good overview. I mean, there's a few more, but, uh, Curly Sue is one. I don't see there. It is. That's that's a great movie. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, writer, producer, director, Mm -hmm. he's, he's worked on so many things. Yep. 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 So, but anyway, that's a lot of movies to pick to do uh, top fives and then uh, we're going to do top five songs, which I, whether 62, there's 62 or 63 songs I on this it was playlist. Was it? I thought it was. Maybe well, not. Well, I'm going to look right now. I thought it was like 72 or 73. And I have, a, actually I have a movie on my list. That oh, I've got 66. Okay. So, Oh, you've got another movie that I don't have up here. Uh-huh. Even better. Yeah. Let's find out what our uh, what our friends of the show thought. So we had some. Uh, I posted it on Facebook and had some some friends put their top five. So I told them we'd look at those on the show. There are a lot of repeats, which I am not surprised because some of these movies oh, yeah. are just beloved by everyone. So uh, Dave Stone had, and these are one to five. So in these orders, this is, I'm assuming is their favorite to their least, which is right. Ferris. Ferris Bueller, Vacation, Christmas Vacation, Breakfast Club, and Uncle Buck. Those were his. I love and, the honorable mention. Yes, Mr. Mom. He wrote oh, that's that what one. I didn't put on here. Why didn't I put that on there? He wrote that one, yeah. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Um, and then uh, Jason Branch. He said uh, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, 16 Candles, and Home Alone. And his brother Chris said Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, Planes, trains, and automobiles, Uncle Buck, and Christmas Vacation. Yep. So, I mean, there's not a bad movie on that list. So, I didn't have anybody give me a full list, but my wife said that her favorite is uh, Great Outdoors, which he wrote. Oh, did he write that one? Yep. That's a great movie. Yep. Yeah, that was good. I did not realize he did that one. I must have uh, missed that when I was looking at him. So, and looking at these lists before we get into our favorites, like, can you imagine? That this is your career. I mean, <laughs> you did all of this. 
It's I mean, and more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a tough challenge because he had so much good stuff. I had, I, I really like, I got four pretty much right away. And then that fifth spot, there's so many that could, I could slot in there. So there really are. Um, a friend of yeah, mine, was, a Facebook was, friend said that, um, he lives in Illinois and so he got to meet him when they were filming something and he said he smokes a lot. <laughs> that was his comment. So, Hey, for, just for now, I'm going to remove these from the screen cause we're going to do our movies first before music. So I don't want to show their music choices yet, but we do have another friend of the show popping in with uh, Ferris Bueller, Christmas vacay, home alone, breakfast club and the great outdoors. And there it is again, Mr. Muncie. That's all. From the Kokomo Lantern. You know, speaking of the Kokomo Lantern, did you know they sponsor our show, Jeremy? I've heard. Really? What'd you hear about him? Uh, that he likes us and he supports us. <laughs> <laughs> now, they're a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. If you have not signed up for the Kokomo Lantern yet, you need to go over to kokomolantern.substack.com. He is an awesome guy. And he is uh, helping just kind of put everything in Kokomo on display, doing an awesome job. So we are pleased that we get to uh, work with him. Yeah, we subscribe to them at work and um, look forward to the weekly emails that we get from them. And they've covered some YMCA events and things like that. So it's welcome addition to have that kind of news in the community. Excellent. All right, boys. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, buddy. Yep. So... Do we just want to do ours one to five and then uh, move on? Or do you uh, yeah, want to I, I, that's probably easier than doing round robin for this. Actually, let's do round robin, and that way, if we if we double up, we can just do them at the same time. Okay, makes sense. That way, we don't hit the same one three times. I have a feeling <laughs> we're going to do overlap. So I think so too. Okay, I'll start off, and uh, we'll let you be the last one to go, Monday. And uh, my number five is Christmas Vacation. Okay. Not on my list. <laughs> See, I I love those movies. All those came out back then, and Fletch and all those before. We all knew that Chevy Chase was such a butthole. Oh. And I'm so glad that I didn't know that back then because I absolutely loved those movies. Yes, absolutely. I I just recently watched the first National Lampoon's Vacation, and yeah, pretty great. I mean, he had mm -hmm. something to do with all of them. I think I know he wrote the first one by himself. The mm -hmm. others, I, maybe wrote or co-wrote but yeah yeah he started at national lampoons magazine yeah. first yeah. back in the 70s so yeah. that's how he got his into that so all right teabags what do you have for your number five weird science same that was my number four that's my okay. number five and so he he wrote and directed that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was so smart he knew that he should cast iron man in that movie, he was so smart. Brilliant move on his part. Also, Kelly Lee Brock was not <laughs> bad to look at when we were <laughs> at that age. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, yeah. and let's be honest. Well, okay, we're going to talk about the music later, but Oingo Boingo, come on. You cannot yeah. go wrong. Yep. So, all right. So that was my, so there's two of mine taken, but that's okay. Then we have to talk about it again. But that was a great movie. It was total 80s. Uh, and uh, and it had Chet. So, can we talk yes. enough about Chet? Bill Paxton. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his Sorry. first roles. 
He's like the perfect jerk older brother. So <laughs> he was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. I don't know. Yeah, we used to quote that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So Monday, that was your five as well. Yep. So you know my four. That was my four. Weird science. So Tony, your four. Sixteen candles. So good. That was my number one. Oh, so. Nice. Dang, you guys are just picking me off one after the other. Yeah, I love that. That was like, uh, I don't know how old you guys were when they came out, but when 16 Candles came out, I was in seventh grade, I think. So all of these came out between seventh grade and my sophomore, junior year. So I think I was the exact target audience for these movies. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> I, Weird Science ranked lower than that for me because I was also having like some criteria of if it still holds up. And Weird Science just basically because of technology and things like that. It's still a good movie, but 16 Candles, like that will never change that so people want to be heard. And you know, that hard time of finding love and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, not on, my list. <laughs> it's not, not on your list. No, I, we only got five slots. So that was one of the ones buying for number five, but weird science went out. So. All right. What's your four money? My number four is home alone. Just because, I mean, it's so good. It's utterly watchable. It's not, I mean, there's not really a dull moment in the movie. At this point, it's like an iconic Christmas movie. You know, the cast is fantastic. It's it's just so good. And that's after John Hughes wrote it. So, Yeah, that yep. was my honorable mention. Yeah. That was but, not my top five nor honorable mention well so so you're six years older than me so that hit when that hit i was in high school so it makes sense now with having kids and they love it so yeah i know our kids used to go over to nani's and watch it every christmas that was their tradition nice so all right so that was so we're up to number three right yep my number three is breakfast club Okay, that's my number one. That's my number one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see somebody remake that. Not like absolutely exact, but like similar (laughs) concept, but now updated. Because things would be so much different now with phones and technology and all that kind of stuff. But the concept of the movie would work anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Uh, Yeah, I think if you really dug, you might find something like that. But I... You know, not obviously not called Breakfast Club or connected to it in any way. Right. Something similar. It's got to mm-hmm. be out there, I would think. Could someone, be. surely someone has had the idea. We're gonna read. We're gonna make like a Breakfast Club type movie, but updated. And you know, it obviously, it didn't work because we we've never heard of it. So. <laughs> yeah, just I guess conceptually, working in a high school, um, yeah. you can see where all of that kind of comes together. So that's pretty neat. You mess with the bull. You get the horns. <laughs> yeah. I just, that comes very close to being a perfect movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Same. And it, it's, uh, it, there's, I have a sentimental connection to it also because my youngest son, who's 18, like that's his, one of his favorite movies of all time. So it's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So anyway, that's, uh, that was my three. Tony, yours. Um, what was your five, Steve? I'm sorry to get my confused. five was Christmas Vacay. 
Okay, that was my three. I just forgot to mention it. So, okay. gotcha. So right. my three was The Great Outdoors, and that's I mean that's a movie I've literally been watching consistently since it came out, which I think was '88 maybe. But um, yeah, and John Hughes wrote it, and man, it's one of his uh, best buddies slash muses, John Candy, mm-hmm. and some performance from him, Dan Aykroyd okay. playing playing the entitled rich <laughs> asshole brother-in-law it's, yeah. it's so good man it, and you know and because it's john hughes you have like the the teenage romance angle and you know summer romance kind of thing and uh, it's just so great family funny great movie yeah it is I insane just, i love that one <laughs> Your kids do you like it? Yes, they love yeah. it. Yeah. That's uh that was that kind of fell into that same thing that you had Monday with I just had five slots. But you know, that would have that would have made it in there. Yeah. Thank All right, so we're up to number 2. My number 2 is Vacation, the original Vacation. Okay. And um see, when everybody I love that movie and when we we're in the 80s where we just kind of quoted the heck out of that thing. But everybody always talks about Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. He was so understated but brilliant in the first yeah. vacation. They didn't need to put him in a nasty robe and have him standing out there smoking a cigar. But you know what I mean? Like he's making, you know, real tomato ketchup, Eddie. You know, and he's you know, making hamburger helper without hamburger. You know, it's just like real subtle things that make him such an awesome character that fly what under the great, radar. Yeah, I well, like I said, I just recently rewatched that, and one of the things I always forget about is um, Eddie's daughter, whose name I don't remember, but she is uh, played by Jane Krakowski, and so weird to think of her, see her in that mm-hmm. as a teenager, and then see her now and be like, wow, it's the same person. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, and then the second one was. Uh... Uh, European vacation was um, God. What's her name? I can't think of her name right now. She was in uh, Californication. Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis. Yeah. No, she's in Christmas Vacation. Was she not in European? I thought she was in European too. No? I don't remember. I thought I thought the kids were different every time. And they could have been. And they got rid of Anthony Michael Hall, which was just a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Did you know that um, Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall got into a, a tiff? with John Hughes because they refused a couple of movies that he wanted them to be in. And so they didn't talk for 20 years. Wow. Um, and it led up to his death. I mean, it was 20 years prior to that. So they, and she said he's famous for holding grudges. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. It is. Yeah. Cause they were so good in those movies, but all right. Tea bags. Number two. I have to wait before you oh. do that. I have a feeling Mine and Tony's number two might be the same. Ferris Bueller. So. We're, we're pretty, yeah. It's it was the standard for cool. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> yes. Just to be able to just effortlessly like escape everything, you know. He, yeah. he and I, like we were talking about the different ages. That's like that was the ultimate dream to be as cool as Ferris Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> Save Ferris. <laughs> 
the you know just the crazy stuff they get up to i mean obviously it's way over the top and ridiculous but it's so fun makes such a great movie and the principal trying to catch him and bring him down (laughs) everything that happens to him yeah yeah, jennifer gray is the you know sister the frustrated older sister and Mm -hmm. yeah good there's a there's a whole lot of uh b and c plots in that that work so well yep i didn't even have that in my top six cameron yeah he was wearing a red wings jersey what the hell's wrong with him (laughs) (laughs) yeah really like they're around chicago why is he in red wings i know that was like they were huge rivals back in the day because they were in the same division they're not the same division anymore so all right so you guys both had the number twos tony did you say your number one already yeah, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, and that was yours too. So yep. we hit the whole list. My honorable mention was Pretty in Pink. It was a good show. I just... A great soundtrack too. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. Well, that top five. and So we were pretty much on point with all of theirs. They like Uncle Buck a little bit more because all three of them had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of us had that. So interesting. All right. Well, now we have to move on. Let the me, music. Uh, okay, I guess if there's an honorable mention, I'll do. Uh, there is a movie that I believe. I think he had something to do with. I can't remember on what level. I know he didn't direct it. Maybe he wrote it or co-wrote it, but it's called Only the Lonely, and it's a uh, it's John Candy movie, and it's basically he plays a Chicago cop, and uh, his. Uh, his mother is uh is, is it Maureen O'Hara, is that right? The, yeah, that's yeah. It, so they're Irish and he starts dating uh, uh an Italian girl and that doesn't go over well with the it's just like a just like a guy trying to get out from his overbearing mother and you know, find love and it's it's a really, really good movie. But yeah, cool. didn't make all right. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if that's him or not, but you're probably right, especially with John Candy. That makes total sense. All right. So moving on to the music of the matter. Uh, see, Dave Stone, his top five were Holiday Road, Vacation, Don't You Forget About Me, If You Leave, Blitzkrieg Bop, and Weird Science. Okay. Jason had If You Leave, Tenderness, Pretty in Pink, Oh, yeah. He's disqualified immediately. I hate that song. It's not even a song. Anyway, and then Love Missile. <laughs> and uh, Chris Branch had Donka Shane because he's a big fan of Wayne the Fig Newton. Yeah. And uh, If You Leave, Don't You Forget About Me, Pretty in Pink, and The Mess Around. Nice. And then um, I'm not sure if these were in any kind of order, but Cortland, who uh, met him years ago, had Don't You Forget About Me. Weird Science, Donka Shane, Polka King, um, and oh yeah. Can you believe that showed up twice? That that song is so terrible and ridiculous, but it worked so perfectly for Ferris Bueller. Exactly. And, and isn't it everywhere in commercials now? So many, yeah. so many movies like tried to use it after that. I'm like, you no, you can't touch that. Like Ferris <laughs> 
I bought the yellow album because of oh yeah. Is this Jason? I can't see that from here. <laughs> oh Lord. I actually I actually have in my notes that to mention that oh yeah does not hold up. And if you don't have the car scene and it's not in the movie, forget it. Uh oh, them's fighting words. Let him know, Jason, what you think about that comment. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, boyos. We may not have complete crossover on these because there are so many at least 66 maybe up to 72 depending um yeah i will say with my list i don't stray too far i feel like off the main path of you know songs that you kind of identify with john hughes movies but looking at this list and i mean there were some surprises so Mm -hmm. and, and some i found some stuff that i'm like I'm going to have to investigate this band a little further. <laughs> so, some interesting choices that he made. Yeah. And so one thing I thought is, you know, you've got people like Otis Redding, you've got Marvin Gaye. I mean, it's hard to keep people like that off of your list, but for me, I just kind of picked those songs that, that make me feel like the eighties. So yes. I just didn't give them any love on this, yeah. on my choices. Yeah. So I tried to yeah. go with like a, I tried to go with like a criteria of, if it influenced me too into what I listen today, listen to today. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what we come up with. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so Muncie changed his, he added Dennis the Menace. Yeah. I didn't realize that he wrote that either until mm-hmm. I was looking at the, his credits. But yeah. yeah, he wrote that the 90s one. Who was the kid in that? Did he go on to do anything? I, no idea. Yeah. We're just going to say it was a <laughs> young Brad like Pitt. Go look it up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> say it was Walter Matthau with Mr. Wilson, right? Yeah. Perfect casting for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to break out some schlitz on the uh, ball diamond. He was a grumpy old man. <clears throat> yes, he was. Okay, so let's go. We can go around again. Uh, five through. I did have some honorable mentions. I'm not going to talk about them. I think just list honorable mentions. So you guys want to start with number five this time? Uh, Monday, we'll let you lead off. Uh, well, my number five was Dave Stone's number one. It's a uh, holiday road from Lindsey Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song is, and I watched the video, like the official actual music video for that song. God awful. It's ridiculous. But, uh, I love I've the song. I love the song just because it, it's that it, well, it's at the beginning of that movie, but it's also, they kind of hit on it throughout the mm-hmm. whole movie. And uh, it just makes me happy, you know. It, it makes me think of that movie, and it, you know, love it. I just like that the their uh, wagon was Metallic P, Wagon Queen Family Truckster. Metallic P, what a great color! <laughs> oh, all right, tea bags. What's your number five? Okay, so I was going off the Spotify list, and it went huh? like Jeremy said; it wasn't official, so. I hope this is on the actual one. <laughs> uh, but uh, Thieves Like Us by New Order. Mm-hmm. That's on there. Yeah, that's um, it's actually still a song that I listen to. And mm-hmm. based on my criteria, criteria, um, I hear some Nine Inch Nails in there. And so, especially if you listen to the song Echoplex right back to back with that, you'll hear, I think Trent might have even stolen the whole first part of that. Nice. Okay. So, <laughs> Oh, that's, I think there's a lot of influence because a lot of this stuff is like post-punk and 
you know, that kind of era than hitting the keyboards and everything. So I think there's a lot of influence still today. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably safe to bet. Keyboarder was the influence on him. Yeah, I went back and forth on my number five. Um, uh, and I really wanted to go with 80s. Um, because that's such a great song and they were they were fun live and everything but i went ahead with like kind of the put you in that moment of the 80s and i went with uh, number five is if you were here the thompson twins from uh, 16 candles the old ending scene where she finally hooks up with the guy on sitting on the table with the, celebrating her birthday which that's which 80s that's what a great movie is that in 16 candles 16. okay I love Thompson, twin, <clears throat> Thompson Twins. I do too. So, hey, so far we haven't uh, doubled up. Monday, hit it. What do you got for four? Uh, number four, I went with uh, Weird Science from Lingo Boingo. Uh, mostly, I mean, that was the first song I remember hearing from that band. And um, obviously, I mean, the movie's great and that's a, it's a great theme for that. But I mean, if you really listen to that song and break it down, like there are so many layers, there's so much going on. And that is, I mean, the Oingo Boingo sound. It's just that they were, they had a lot of musicians and they used them all and they used them well. And I, mm -hmm. after that song, I went on to become, you know, a pretty good Oingo Boingo fan. So. Yeah. Was that before Dead Man's Party and all that? Uh, I think so. I think it, it. I think it was right before. Actually, I think it might be on that album. Okay, so the same time. Pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure <clears throat> it's on that album. Yeah, they blew up, and then he decided he was going to start composing for movies. I don't think he's ever going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. His new stuff is awesome, though. He's got new music out. Oh yeah, you haven't heard it. He did. I've only heard of his composing stuff. I haven't heard anything about oh, him personally. He's been putting new songs out over the last year and an album, I think. And he even did a song with Trent Reznor. What really? Yes, you do. You didn't know that, Tony? I might have. I always try to listen to whatever comes across, but I don't it, remember. It is rough. <laughs> it's not. Well, now we got to check it out. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The weird, the weird science was my honorable mention. Just to throw that in there. Same with cool. me. Well, I had four honorable mentions, so. <laughs> you did a teabag. So. I, I teabagged it tonight. So, all right, Tony, what's your number four? Um, turning Japanese. Uh, <laughs> my notes were like it. It was kind of a bit of a punk feel, like you said, kind mm -hmm. of the, that thing, and then uh, it was kind of hitting right in my skater days too. Mm -hmm. So it just. I remember we had that on cassette on our own mixtape back in the day, trying to learn tricks on the launch ramp. So I'm kind of tied to that nostalgic uh, in that way. Yeah. Cool. I was listening to all again and that came on and I listened to the whole thing. Cause it, uh, it also reminded me of the MTV days. Yeah. <laughs> so, very good song. My number four was bring on the dancing horses. Uh, that was actually written for the movie pretty in pink. So that wasn't something that was just pulled in. Um, it was written for the movie. Was that it's, Echo and the Bunnymen? Yep. I think it's a yeah. great song. It's got a great groove, great feel. And the uh, I think the chorus is really catchy and kind of unique. Really cool song. 
Speaking of songs written for the movies, I hope this is not on either of your lists, but the uh, the song called She's Having a Baby is terrible. It's <laughs> so bad. We have a write-in. I can't even remember the guy's name. It's so bad. I haven't heard it, and I won't go out of my way to hear it now. Uh, Pat Muncy just chimed in. He said his top song is Clear to Loon from Baby's Day Out. It's a personal choice because Baby Bing reminds me of my son. I know it's not rock or pop, but it evokes such strong emotions. I hold it close to me forever. Very cool. I mean, that's what, you know, a lot of this is about, what you connect with. So there you go. And he agrees with you on that song, Monday. <laughs> All right. So we back around to number three, Metalhead. Uh, I had to go with the uh, the OMD, the Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, If You Leave, from Pretty in Pink. It's just, I don't know, man. I mean, that song is so quintessentially 80s. Uh, it, it is obviously of its time, but I think it still holds up as well that makes any sense i mean it's very dated but it holds up so that's my number two yeah you got a weird balance Mm -hmm. there but i it's a great song i love Mm -hmm. it yeah so like for me that song's on pretty and pink bring on the dancing horses and then the theme pretty and pink what an outstanding three songs for a movie yeah so you did not have that on your list t-bags i did not all right what was your three my three was Haunted When the Minutes Drag. I loved Rockets. Yes. Which uh, I liked that song and then later got into Bauhaus and, mm-hmm. you know, drew the influence from, I could see the influence from there, but didn't realize it was like, that's why they were created from that split. So, but that one actually still, every year I make a work to this playlist, work to this 2022, work to this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, that song makes it about every every year so it's carried over from then as long as i can remember yeah that is a good song um was that your three yep okay so my three is uh catch my fall from billy idol off of some kind of wonderful and i i love that song he's so catchy he's such a great singer on it but it has awesome saxophone all the way through it's almost like a rhythm saxophone. It's so good. And then it hits again really hard in the chorus. Just an awesome song. Um, I think that's a kind of an underrated Billy Idol song for sure. I think so. Because um, it kind of came in between all the big hits. But I love that one a lot. And I know I have a soft spot for Billy since he was my first concert and all. I'm a big fan in the 80s. So that's my number three. So I don't go this round because my number two is already taken. Thanks a lot, jerk. So we'll go back to Metalhead. Without well, metal, most likely. Speaking of being big fan of the '80s, I'm a big fan of the song '80s by Killing Joke. I mean, what you need to say? It's uh, Killing Joke is an amazing band. They've been around for a very long time. They have probably influenced most of the bands that you listen to mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another, and they're still going strong. Uh, I just saw them open for Tool a couple of years ago, so. Um, and it's just a great song. And if you don't believe it's a great song, 
listen to it very closely and then go dig out your Nirvana Nevermind album. Yep. Pretty much straight lifted that rim. So. <laughs> they really did. It is so close. Enough that there was a lawsuit. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that song too. That was my number six. And it still has a lot of, you know, their 70s punk left in that one, which is kind of more raw than the other ones, which seemed like they're more highly produced, more synth and everything. And their last, I think it was an EP last year, Paul and I really dug their new music. They're still good. And they've been around for what, almost 50 years. Yep. I really started getting into them like around, I want to say it was like 92, 93. They put out an album called Pandemonium that was mm -hmm. pretty industrial. Um, but that is when I really started digging deep. Man, yeah. there's so good. They are fantastic. Okay, so uh, T-Bags, you're number two. I had Donka Shane for number two. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was like... Nothing screams ones. 80s like Donka Shane. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was really looking for things that like might have sparked an interest in like... Mm -hmm. So it, was, it wasn't in, in any of like, the genres or anything I was listening to. And I think later on, you know, like it's not necessarily like New orleans -y, but it's got, you know, definitely a different feel than I was listening to it made me appreciate other things and like it was tied to Ferris Bueller so yeah great gonna, theme Last yeah time. absolutely all right can't go wrong with the fig that's good okay so my number two was if you leave so we already talked about that one so that well, this would be interesting if we all had the same number one but maybe we won't metalhead what do you got I mean if you're watching John Hughes movies it's impossible not to pick don't forget about simple yeah, mind. That was mine. I mean, yeah. If it's not your number one, you're wrong. <laughs> I, exactly. I agree. Yes. Yeah. You need to reevaluate uh, your choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. They had a new album out last year, or a new song out last year, by the way. Or no, I guess it was an EP. It was average. Yeah. Yeah. That song, every time it comes on, I listen. Um, for me, that one and. Um, I'll stop the world melt for you or melt with you are like two of my all time favorites. Mm -hmm. Always listen to them. I just felt like it's such a good song anyway, but it was the one out of all of them that like you're gonna replay the scene in your head. It's like inseparable from the movie, but if you do separate it, it stands on its own. So yeah, it was like strong across the board. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would recommend there's a great cover of that song out there and it is not i mean i love covers just because i love it when bands take a song that they love and reinterpret it and this is definitely a reinterpretation it's different um but it's uh from life of agony who's and, it from oh, life of agony oh okay and they're they're a heavy band so it's 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 different but it's a great great cover I would check that out for sure. I love covers too. Yeah, tell my daughter. She won't listen to if anybody covers Bob Dylan, they're the devil. Go, <laughs> go ahead, comment, Sistine. I know you're out there listening. I mean, did it better. Yeah. <laughs> Have Sistine listen to Masters of War by Eddie Vedder covering Bob Dylan. She may have already. Oh, I don't know. If you can't get into that version, then something's wrong with you we'll find out she may comment here in a minute i don't know if she was writing paper but regardless all right that was fun that was a 
Uh, good trip down memory lane. Glad that came out. Uh, yeah, I don't, it would be something I would consider buying too. Just it's 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 from our childhoods. Yeah, mm-hmm. the packaging's cool. But what'd you say? What'd you say the cost was for the deluxe edition? One seventy five. Yeah, so I'll probably buy it in a couple of years. <laughs> I saw the uh, the four CD versions on sale on Amazon now for like forty two. Yeah. Okay. That's way more palatable than 175. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about um, Smashing Pumpkins Autumn. So it's uh-huh. a, obviously a big one as well, and you get lots of cool extras. And it's 225 I think, or something like that for the set. But if you have it signed, it's 499 That's a $275 signature. Okay. To be fair, four signatures, but, you know. Yeah. I guess it does add value, though. So. <laughs> Let's, be honest, Let's be super honest. You're really paying for three signatures. You don't care about that for And Jeff's, yeah. <laughs> Think it, okay, if it was Darcy, still sure. not $275 worth. Oh, there's just no way. But, you know, if you could meet them in person and have them sign, like get the meet and greet experience, that's different. But having a mail-in signature is not quite the same. That would be like probably five thousand dollars plus airfare plus hotel. <laughs> yeah, I did spend quite a bit to get that book and Chuck D's autograph. But <laughs> so, is totally there worth any, it. sorry, real quick, is there anything back back to the John Hughes thing? Is there anything that's like? comes with like a book or any like behind the scenes there's talk. several there's several different editions i don't know exactly what they are but there's several different size of editions and different like you know you can get the four cds or you can get vinyl or whatever yeah and there's there is a huge deluxe one that comes all kinds of crap okay yeah I mean, it's, I think um that would be interesting to me like i'm not going to buy it to listen to the songs really right so it's to have it and have some extras with it. Um, it doesn't come with a ton. It doesn't look like from the picture. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's almost as much as what I paid for that Rush one that came with a ton of extras. Okay. So I guess that the vinyls are red. It's a okay. six LP set. Oh, this one says $215. That's a lot. Anyway. Yeah. So, regardless, not getting it. (laughs) But uh, I will continue listening to those songs because I love them. Me too. All right, guys. I don't know what our challenge is next week because uh, I told Mundy like a month ago to come up with one. He still hasn't yet, so we're waiting. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We'll come up with something for next week. Hopefully something will fall in our lap. We've been looking for music, and there has not been a lot of releases lately. It's been really kind of dry on that front. So, Oh, one music mention. Uh, It was kind of a film, but you can can get the music for it. But Pusifer went back and redid V is for Vagina and um, Conditions of My Parole. So they have V is for Versatile and Parole Violator, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go on YouTube, you can catch a couple of the tracks, and it's studio sessions, so you get to see kind of them making them, which is cool. But uh, 
the re I was really afraid when I'd hear like one of my favorite songs was being redone, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just great versions. It's awesome. So mm-hmm. worth checking out in the in between as we're looking for new music. Okay. And um, I know you're excited, but uh, Dermot moved back. He was originally, I think, November 9th or something, and it got moved back to the end of the month, I believe. Yeah. So I don't know. what. Maybe that's a marketing thing, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I'm but looking I, forward to it. Yeah, yeah I figure you want to come back on. There's like three or four songs that off of Sonder that are already out, and I like it. So looking forward to the whole thing. Sweet. All right, T-Bags, we're going to let you leave because I know you have not read Sandman 21, and we'll have no care for this or anything to add. So, Well, I'll, I will watch the show tomorrow and see what you guys have to say about it. But it's good to be back on. See you guys soon. Great to have you. See you, T-Bags. So, I got to break it out. Very exciting. New edition. It's the. It's uh, yeah. We're gonna start with uh, number twenty-one, which starts a whole new set of stories. I guess that are uh, linked together. I think there's what seven of them. Uh, I think so, because this is like a like a prologue. Yeah, 21 through 28 are subtitled Seasons of Mist. Yeah. So that's what we're up to now. Um, what do you think about this opening? Um, it's pretty cool. This is kind of the first time we see Destiny, and it talks mm-hmm. about his garden and how that works. And, you know, basically, it talks about his garden and his book and how he kind of works and i like that it says like when you're walking through his garden you kind of like every time you go somewhere it creates a new path and Mm -hmm. you may look behind you and not see any or and not what was it you look behind you and you see uh you might see where you've been but you look ahead and it might you might see nothing it's real weird, but it's kind of cool. Kind of describes how his realm works. Yeah. So I think the what he says is like in front of you because you have choices. There's a million paths, but behind you because you've already chosen, it's just a long path. Yes. That just because exactly. you've made those choices, um, which is kind of a cool way to describe uh, yeah. what it is. But, but I say as you're looking ahead, you may also see nothing. Yeah. And then. That's not a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's darkness, I think, right? Um, Destiny can... is a cool-looking character. Yeah. It's all misty-looking, and um, you don't really see his eyes. You see parts of his face. He's very much in shadow, and um, he carries a book chained to his wrist, which is kind of cool. Um, and then they use the uh, three... Witches again. That seems to be a, I guess in every storytelling mode, they've got this kind of character. And um, they, what are they? The gray ones, the gray witches. They call them, I think it's just the gray ones and this one, the gray ladies. But yeah. it's basically like if you know, like Greek mythology, it's the face, three fates, that same idea. The Stygian witches. So, um, but yeah, so this is kind of interesting because this meeting with them 
leads him to call everyone, all of the endless, to a meeting together for no real purpose. I mean, there is a purpose, but he's not yeah. very clear about it. And um, he doesn't use sigils. He uses actual photos or paintings of his siblings. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that still like kind of would count as a sigil, I guess. But yeah. it's not an object that you hold in your hand to call them. So, and it's kind of cool the way they do it. It's like they kind of step out of the painting when he calls them. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. interesting that he demands that they be sort of dressed up or more proper because yeah. immediately he makes death put on a different outfit. <laughs> yeah. He goes from her little like jeans and tank top to a kind of, I don't know, like a goth prom dress or something. <laughs> it's like Victorian or something. Uh, almost it almost looks like a like a tutu type skirt though yeah i don't know what's going on and then when uh when dream comes i'm not sure he almost looks like a pirate <laughs> or he's a yeah. ship captain or something i was gonna say i would say like more british navy he looks yeah like, looks a little better than a pirate but he's well got that's true the tri-corner hat and all that stuff um so yeah, they all come to join. Those pages, which I thought were interesting, were the ones where they have... And I don't love these, honestly. Um, I wish the pages where it has the sections where they talk about each one. Yeah. I wish it was almost separate because it kind of takes you out of the story. At least it did for me. It was almost like reading a Wikipedia dump in the middle of a story. It is... It is an interesting choice and i understand what you're saying i think they do it just because this is kind of the first time we're meeting several of these characters so i think that's kind of why they did it but i totally get where you're coming mm -hmm. from it's you know you're reading a comic book and then you switch to these pages and it's like i mean it's kind of weird and it's i'll hold it up to see if i can but it kind of like mm -hmm. breaks down each character into, you know, kind of tells their story and what they're about. And then the, and then at the end, you hit, and then there's death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. That's all it says. Which, it, again, it's kind of interesting because, like, Dream, in Dream's section, it talks about death more than hers does. Mm -hmm. Like Kurt literally says, and there is death, and that's it. But his yeah. he goes on and on about her, about their relationship. Yeah, and he heard long ago in a dream that one day every century death takes on mortal flesh. Better to comprehend the lives. So yeah, we learn about her through his. Yeah. Which, which was later became its own series. So <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I guess I like learning about the characters through their actions and their conversations. And the conversations are pretty good here where it really does put them on display as far as what they're all about. So, yeah. but I don't know. I guess I would have liked that maybe as an appendix or something rather yeah. than in the middle. And they're kind of, you know, like when they all finally get there and they sit down at the table, they're like, why are we here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's get this show on the road and destiny has a weird i mean he just basically says that i called you here because i was supposed to and that's it mm -hmm. i don't really have anything to say you're just supposed to be here and can you we... guys <laughs> you guys need to figure out what's going on <laughs> yeah can we go no 
um, I have told you all I will tell you. I've brought you to this place. The rest is up to the five of you. Yeah. Uh, but their personalities bring about, I guess, what has to happen eventually. So, yeah. and, and that and was... also, this is, we should point out too, there are seven endless and there are only six here because mm. we find out they talk a little bit more. I think he's been mentioned very briefly, but mm. they talk more about their brother who basically gave up his position. Yeah. They still don't name him, but they kind of talk about him. And yeah, that even to the point where I think it was despair was like, oh, maybe he's returned and that's why we're all meeting. And, you know, mm. that's nope. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting that they keep sort of uh, hinting at him yeah. and i another thing i like here the cool touches with um knowing who is speaking by the font they use or the handwriting that they use and their yeah. uh, word balloons are all a little bit different which is cool yep um this is this is pretty much our first glimpse of delirium in this series so mm -hmm. And that, you know, like the the proper dress thing is weird because he only holds really three of them to that. And I mean, despair, every time you see her, she's naked. Yeah. So that, that never changes, I don't think. And, but delirium is basically, she looks like she's wearing like a bodysuit and fishnet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but I don't know. I don't know uh, why they dress her up, but whatever works for the character but it kind of breaks the rules they set <laughs> yeah i guess it only matters with certain ones so delirium used to be delight right yes is that what I said? yeah she said um, delight was a long time ago <laughs> yeah and things don't change much because um desires poking prodding at dream Oh, like, such a jerk. So, I mean, totally just taunting. I would say mm -hmm. taunting. Yeah. I mean, not even kind of poking. She is straight up taunting him. She starts talking about all the terrible things he's done to his lovers mm -hmm. and just how he's treated them over the years and just, I mean, really getting under his skin. Yeah. Tell me, how's your life? Killed any girlfriends recently or <laughs> sentenced any one of them to hell? <laughs> um, but that's really what brings up the whole crux of the issue. Um, yeah. because you think he's going to get consoled by death and death is like, no, you're an asshole. Like she was um, like, yeah, she said desire was, is right. Mm -hmm. Like desire is not wrong. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Even you turn on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she kind of, she kind of convinces him that, you know, he, kind of turns his changes his mind makes him kind of see that he might not have uh, acted well there yeah because he he assumes that because he says i could have made her a goddess that everybody would just instantly want to be a goddess and she's like well maybe she didn't want to be a goddess yeah, right you know yeah and it, she really is kind of uh for some reason, I mean, Desire mentions several of his ex-lovers, and Death really kind of focuses in on Nada. I don't know mm -hmm. if maybe she was the most recent, but well, okay. and Nada is yeah. When well, we don't know, I guess all the instances, but in that one, we know how he felt about her, 
yeah. and that she jolted him. And so that was like, I guess for him, like the ultimate, I suppose. And then, um, and I think too, when death speaks to him, he trusts and loves death that it spoke to him a little bit. And when he says, is this truly how you feel? Truly? You know, like she's the only one that can get through to him that he has behaved like an a-hole. Yeah. And she, uh, yeah, kind of convinces him. And he says, very well, then my course is clear. So Which decides to yeah. venture on down to hell, even though he's still rebuilding his realm, he's going to go back to hell and try to figure out how to, save her or change her situation or something. Yeah, and he says either I shall bring Nada out of hell or I shall see you again soon, my sister, obviously being yeah. dead. So this really sets up where we're going forward and uh, another trip to hell, which was awesome the first time, so I can't wait to see. Um, I have not read that, so this is going to be exciting for me. Yeah, and I like she, he basically tells tells death, the dream tells death to you know tell the rest of the siblings that what he had to do he had to go and what he's doing and he's like ah oh, he had to take off and so she wants to sit and talk and visit with them and destiny says there is no need he is returning to hell it has begun yeah it's almost like he brought them there just to look at their it. paths and pick one like he does you know yeah um and so that is i don't and he didn't ultimately know that did he like he brought him there. He knew he was supposed to, but he didn't know why, apparently, until that moment. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, it was fun just to see the interplay between the Endless. Get teased a little bit more about the other one, because I don't know who the other one is. So. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. No, it's okay. my head. <laughs> I do. I've only read part of this, so this is really, like... Um, and, I think I'm to the point now where I haven't read any more. Okay. So this is exciting for me because this is all cool. blank canvas. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it kind of stinks for you. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I haven't read, I haven't gone back and read through any of this in quite some time. So I've read cool. like as newer stuff has come out, I've read that, but I haven't gone back and read the original series quite. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, that means next week is episode episode issue twenty two, and it looks gnarly. Just looking at the first page or two. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're yeah. going to hell. So. Yeah. So it's really gnarly. So very cool. Seasons of Mist Chapter One is where we start next. So all right. So then this number twenty two next week, and then you're going to have a great challenge for us, right? I'm going to try. Yeah, boy. That's what I like to hear. So, Mr. Mundy, can you tell us where uh, people could find you if they want to look you up? On Instagram, Metalhead Mundy. Just like it says under me, like the, for the whole episode. <laughs> it's true. And um, JPP hasn't been here for a while, but you can still find him at, at the the uh, Phoenix Supernova and, uh, and over at justplainpaul.com. He's still making music and doing stuff and building guitars. So, yep. He's got cool stuff to show you if you want to check that out. You can find me at Foggy's Pal on Instagram and Twitter. And I joined Tribal just to see what it was like. It's like a dead space. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. And then I looked at everybody was talking about Mastodon. It's confusing. I've heard of that one too, yeah. Because you got to choose a server to go into. And I don't know. 
Hmm. Very strange. So I'll wait until other people get in and figure it out, and then they can tell me about it. <laughs> All right. So until next week, which is 132, we'll see you. You can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And you can find, if you want to watch any of our previous episodes, they're all up on YouTube if you actually want to watch the video as well. Um, not just live. And the rest of our stuff should be up probably here in another hour on uh, podcast. So hopefully you'll join us there. Till next week, we're going to go uh, work this week because that's what we do. But we'll prepare for you and see you next week. Bye now. I don't know what the hell is going on with the computer. It's